0: Welcome to Promised Reflections, where I, promise you now, share my thoughts and unpack experiences regarding self-development and healing. Peace. I will that you are doing well and that this episode finds you in a good headspace. And if not, that listening to this episode shifts that headspace that you're in. This episode was pretty much sparked by a conversation that I was having with one of my friends a while ago. And in this conversation, we spoke about purpose, life's purpose. Oftentimes, there's always an emphasis on life's purpose or that end or final destination. And I spoke about that a little bit in my previous episode. And... One thing, one notion that I got about having conversations about a purpose, it usually is associated with two things, people feeling lost or unsure of themselves. And then the second that whatever you do decide to do, like, that's what you have to do and you have to stick to it. However, um, as I continue to grow and develop, I've I've realized that, like, that's not it, you know? Our purpose in life I would say is to to grow and also to learn because when you look at the things that are around you things are constantly expanding there is a evolution taking place things are maturing and this is because more knowledge or more components of things are being added on and so you can kind of see the growth taking place. For example, if you look at a plant, you can see it starts off as a seed. You add another component which is putting the seed into soil. You add another component which is adding water. Um giving it time and sunshine, you can start to see that plant, that seed turn into a plant. You know what I'm saying? And and that's it literally growing. That's that's an example of what happens to Our minds mentally—that's an example of what happens to us physically. That's an example of what's even happening with technology. Technology is also expanding and evolving, so I think that just that pattern of growth is natural to us. And the example I just gave is when you add the right things to something, you can see that expansion grow in a positive direction. But growth and learning—sometimes we we do that with. Uh, things that are not so positive. Things that are don't really mix well with, like the state that we're in, or the state, for example, of a plant. So well, if you choose to make your own schedule of watering, watering a plant, and that's not what the plant needs, then you're adding things on, which is great. Like there is so, still some type of process of increasing. But the intention of growing this plant, however, the plants not going to grow because it's not the right thing that it needs. So it's the same thing with the way our minds work. If we add things on to our minds or if we're constantly taking in information that is not positive, that is not productive, that is not going to help us progress in life. There is going to be some expansion, but we're going to be thinking on a frequency that is not going to help us continue to mature Wow, and once you've done enough growing and feel confident in in what you know is to teach, and our purpose and the way that we're supposed to execute our purpose of growing and teaching that happens in an individual way, so we learn things, then we develop um like, a self-styled wisdom. We develop a, a specific way based off of who we are to express and apply what we've learned. And that whole surface level thinking about purpose or who you are, it's not you decide, you have to pick one thing and stick to that for the rest of your life. We are naturally creative individuals or creative people. So we should use our life experiences, to help us find creative ways to teach people. So what I do to teach somebody is going to be different than what the next man does to teach somebody. But essentially, we're doing the same thing. Our purpose is not just one this one-stop shop. It's not. It's not... I'm gonna do this for the rest of my life. Like, I'm gonna pick this and I have to do this for the rest of my life. I think that there are certain things that, if you make a decision to incorporate it into your life, you can carry it out forever. Like, and I would say, like, certain qualities, like being someone who makes more civilized decisions or incorporating more manners when you speak to people, changing the way you eat, like, those are decisions that you can make now and like strive to, to keep them and stick to them as you you live however essentially it's what I'm striving to say the things that we do we can do something or we can stop something whenever we feel like it's necessary that confusion or sense of loss when it comes to purpose comes from not knowing who you are if you stripped yourself of your name your personality, your family history, all that that nuances or things that we used to define ourselves. We just have us collectively as people. And one thing that we have in common is a mind. And our mind is the tool that that we have to help us be aware of this experience of life. It's the all in all, you know. That's a lot. And one analogy that I like when it's about imagine being or seeing the ocean. All of us are that a little driplet of that ocean. So our mind connects us to one another. And the more that you use your mind, the more aware that you are of things. The less that you use your mind, the less aware that you are of things. Going back to us on a... On a physical level, I would say I'm an original woman. I I come from generations and generations and generations of people who started civilizations, who pioneered this shit. Everything that we see today came from the first man and woman, or that first civilization, group of people who felt it was necessary to apply what they knew about their environment. And... This is important to know because once you realize that you are the first person or you come from people who are the first to do things, whatever fear you have of like not being able to know how you're gonna learn, live, and teach other people, you can start to rid yourself of these thoughts because these thoughts are based in fear and this fear was taught to you by those that you had around you in the first couple of years of your life, in those years where your brain and your mind was fresh and impressionable. Based off of who you had around you, they would instill fear in you, which leads to a person feeling lost and confused. And when I reflect back on my life and just my ways of thinking um, years ago, I was one of these people. I was lost and confused. I would tell people I knew what I was doing or I knew who I was, but fundamentally, I didn't. Like, self knows, like, you know, our mental powers or mental capacities. That's that one thing that connects us all. Our mind knows when we're playing tricks on ourselves, our consciousness knows when we're playing tricks on ourselves. And that's what I was doing. Um, this often makes me think of my experience being in high school. And how in high school, you know, you're about to graduate and they tell you, you got to choose to do something. And I remember feeling very anxious about making the decision, partially because I really didn't care about school. When I was in school, I was more so at school for the social aspects. However, like I did do very when I did apply myself, I did do very well. It's just I couldn't get past the authority figures like the teachers and the principals and just that level of control, I really couldn't get past that. Because in these institutions, it's all about a hierarchy. And when it comes to young people, you should meet young people where they're at. There shouldn't be, because I'm older than you, I know better than you. There might be things that you do know more than I do. However, young people still have knowledge. They still have their their perspective, and understandings based off of that fresh lens that they have that clear lens that they have and this was something that I didn't really rock with or fuck with in high school which led me into doing the wrong things I was fighting I was stealing I was lying I was just doing the most like the absolute most and this it affected the way I was learning however I remember just feeling really anxious about like, yo, what am I going to choose to do? And then I had thoughts of um, choosing something that my parents would want. I had thoughts of choosing things that were geared close to my interest. And um, I remember saying, you know what, I'm going to apply to school to go to be an accountant. And I loved and it was based off of the fact that I had loved my accounting class. I loved it. I loved I loved the numbers, balancing out books like I loved adding and and all of that good stuff. And um, I mean, that only went so far. I did did not go to school for accounting um, the first time I had gone to post-secondary. Going back to my initial thought is I had this anxiety about it. And all the adults that were around me at the time were also kind of putting that pressure on me of deciding on doing something and I'm happy that even though I did go to school at that time I'm happy that I, I stopped because I had to stop to assess what I really wanted for myself how I was going to get there and and if I was in the space to get there because I went away for school um, so I was in a whole new environment And I found that experience of like traveling to be a good eye opener for me to realize that like I don't have to be confined to one thing. I don't I don't have to be confined to one thing. If you know me, you know, I like to move around in terms of like going to different places. I think I expressed that briefly in my last episode like the world was my home like if you tell me you're somewhere I'm gonna make sure I come there because I just want to see what's going on there and get a feel of it and experience it. Although I haven't been to many countries and I haven't been able to travel a lot physically I travel a lot mentally um, through books, through music, through shows. And this was something that I picked up, too, at a young age, mainly with books and reading. I remember in the neighborhood that I lived at, there was a community center uh, called Driftwood Community Center. And there would be a bookmobile that would um, come through. And I would get so excited to grab a book because that meant that I could escape the reality that I was living in, the situation that I was living in. I knew that, like, even though the stories I was reading was based off of fiction characters I still use my imagination to place me in these places with them and it was a good feeling it felt like a good escape knowing that you know the neighborhood that I'm living in seeing all these other kids struggling with me getting into fights and just all that the chaos that comes with living in the inner city Community, um, I I didn't have to to really settle with that as a child, and I mean I didn't know that this was this was what I was doing. I just created this routine for myself based off of the seeds that were planted for me through my reading, and it was it was a nice escape for me. I still got into even though i did this i still was getting into the mix of things to be honest but i would say this like as i reflect this was the beginning part of me striving to take control of my life to the best of my ability and um i was about like eight nine ten i wanted to just gain more knowledge because i felt like this could not be it where i'm living and how i'm living this can't be it even though i was really young To go back to the thought about me dropping out of school what i was like trying to do at that time was stop and assess what i wanted to do how i was gonna do it if i was in the space to do it and i mean i was really just trying to figure out who i was this led me to where i'm at today if you feel like you're doing things that don't necessarily align themselves with how you see yourself living or what you want for yourself, it's okay to stop and take a break. And um, by me doing this, it led me to where I'm at today. If I kept going on that trajectory, I would not be in the position that I'm at. You know, Every decision we make, every move we make, play a role in the outcome of our life or how our life turns out. And I get what it's like to be 17, 18 years old, being rushed to make a decision, a career decision. However, I think that if, the way that you've, you've been raised is a particular way, it might be easier for you to make that decision if you are given freedom as a child. Freedom with guidance from the right people. It might be a little bit more easier for you to learn about who you are because at that point, with the guidance from the right people, they already set you up. They put you in a certain direction for you to learn more about who you are and what you're capable of doing. And I spoke about it briefly. I love the work that I do. Like, I absolutely love the work that I do. I remember from a young age wanting to work with young girls and women who are my age, who look like me, who were from marginalized and impoverished communities, who needed mentorship. And um, I work in a residential home. It's like a safe house for girls that have been... Uh, sexually exploited and sex trafficked and you know they come in with all different types of experiences and my my duty amongst them is to just help them feel more confident in themselves raise up that self-esteem let them know that their experiences are not who they are um, they can use their experiences to guide their life and I do this very subtly do conversation while I cook with them, cleaning with them, showing them certain life skills that they're going to need out in the real world that they might not have been able to develop based on their trauma and their traumatic experiences. And as a young girl, a lot of the things that are taught and pushed onto you know us, at least from my experience, are rooted in sexuality. In in being sexual or promiscuous, or you know, we hear a lot about it in the music. We hear a lot. We see a lot of it in images, in shows, and movies, and then we grow attached to this image, and we define ourselves by these things, by our sexual acts, and we place these as you know the number one thing for us to do to get someone to like us, for us to to build friendships or to gain attention, and for girls who are put into certain positions where they feel like that's the only choice that they got, it's challenging because at that point, it's hard for them to see their worth outside of what they might be able to do for someone sexually. Especially if the girls your age and even some of the women that you interact with express themselves in this way and you have no mentorship or no other Imagery of how a woman is supposed to be Yeah, it's gonna impact you and you're gonna mirror what you see And so when I started to reflect on myself and my experiences I realized that I could relate to the young girls that I chose to work with and it makes it so much easier to do the job that I do if you had the chance to read my book called Lone Sag you would see that although the book doesn't speak towards being sexually exploited, it still talks about um, a young girl and her experience with a lot of sexual activity and what that does for one's self esteem, what that does for one's perception of self. It takes it takes her further away from knowing who she is, you know, as somebody who has value, someone who um, just pretty much like. Didn't get what she needed in in younger years, and that's the same thing with the the girls that I speak to and most of the girls and people who live in today's society. we grow up in homes, and it's funny I'm reading this book called all about love and in the chapter I had just recently read, it was speaking on the home is the school of love that's the first place where we're even introduced to the ideas and concepts of love, however. Some of us get it in a way that is healthy and some of us get it in a way that's not healthy. And so we misinterpret those things and go out in the world and start seeking love that way or loving on people in the ways that we got it. And in in most cases, that dysfunctionality creates more problems like generations of chaos and dysfunctionalness and, and takes us further away from actually loving on people. And so going back to the work that I do in general, it's like most people want to be loved. You know what I'm saying? Most people want to be loved. Most people want to love, but because they lack that love for themselves, because they don't know who they are, they can't really love other people in the ways that those people need to be loved. And again, like I said, that cycle of dysfunctionality takes place and people... Um, projecting their traumas on the people that they care for and it just becomes like it just it's just a lot and I think that's why it's so important to gain the knowledge of yourself spend time with yourself learn who you are and your experiences and unpack those things so that you can find solutions to to deal with your experiences without projecting it on the people that you care for. Apart from like being on social media and stuff, I created entrepreneurial um, businesses for myself where I can still connect with young women. Doing their hairs, doing their nails. And and through that, it, it gives room or the opportunity for me to have meaningful conversations with them. Um, to spark their interest in certain things. To even learn who they are so that I'm, I'm getting up to date with what's currently happening because I was thinking the other day I'm young but like I'm getting old you know what I'm saying like I'm growing older so I still have to be doing things that that will make me relatable to the young people. This thought leads me to just bring up how important it is to be around people who know you for you and not the ideas that they have of who you are in their minds. When you're around people who know you for you, they pretty much could predict how you would respond to situations, why you would do certain things, why you would say certain things, etc. Having people like this in your corner and in your life can hold you accountable to the things that you say you want for yourself. And in future episodes, I definitely will be talking about accountability because I think that's an important aspect of personal development and growing. And it's a hard it's for me. It's a little touch and go to talk about sometimes because, you know, I've struggled with it. I've struggled with holding myself accountable. I I definitely am the blame everybody but me type person or I'm I'm growing out of it. But that was me for a long period of time. If you're raised or you have people in your corner, it honestly like it would be beneficial to have as a child. However, if you grow older and you realize that that was something that was absent and you make the effort to now have people in your corner who know you for you and will encourage you to be yourself, they're adding on to your foundations of who you are. And I would say, keep those people close to you. Keep those people close to you because a lot of people just be thinking about themselves and their ideas and they be projecting that onto people instead of actually just seeing somebody for who they are in that moment that they're interacting with them. And throughout my life, I have always gravitated toward people who met me where I was at, whether it be my peers, whether it be men or women. And there was a particular woman that I met. And when she spoke, I was just like, yo, what is she talking about? Like, how does she know me without even knowing me? This was the first time I had met her. And her name is Wisdom Beborn. I love her so much. She's like one of my oldest Companions, we got like ten years between each other. I call her my 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 big sis because she served as a mentor for me um, in learning different things about womanhood. And there was other things that I learned from her too. To be honest, like I'm not gonna paint her as this perfect person because she had her her shortcomings as well. Through her shortcomings, I learned what not to do. Given particular situations, and I'm so grateful to have built a relationship with her because she is somebody who's also a part- a part of the five percent, and so she does what i do she she teaches those who do not know and and at the time, I did not know I did not know that the black woman is symbolic to the earth, and the black man is God. And I definitely, my next episode, I'm, I really will be breaking down what I mean by the Black woman is Earth because this is a great. This was something that honestly helped me change how I view myself. It was wisdom who helped me learn how I was symbolic to the Earth. So basically, helping me identify and get more familiar with qualities of being a woman, um, realizing how resourceful women can be. And there was one of the gods who I spent time with, who I basically formed a relationship with. His name is P. Almighty. And he gave me the space to practice nurturing these qualities of womanhood, of being a woman. And it allowed me to grow softer and it allowed me to live out my fullest potential. And I'm also very grateful for him because this podcast would not be coming to you without him giving me the space to apply what I was learning to draw up or develop my understanding. No matter how much I struggled with this or I fought to keep certain habits, this is what Supreme Mathematics is and what it looks like in real time. So if you're not familiar with what Supreme Mathematics is they are keys to understanding your relationship to the universe so they start with the number one one is a is symbolic or representation of knowledge two is wisdom three is understanding four is culture or freedom when applied to 40 or more five is power six is equality seven is a law god eight is build to destroy Nine is born and zero is cipher. And these principles, they, they have context. They have meaning. And when you move from just talking about them as concepts and actually start applying them to your, your life and seeing them in real time, it's such a beautiful thing, man. I love supreme mathematics. I love the fact that I know what they are. The history that helped bring this knowledge to this part of the world. And I'm learning to be present with my life and myself as things are taking taking place. I remember having this perspective that I needed to just be around women and I just needed to learn from women. And from my more recent experience of like, you know, building that relationship with that brother, learning that now nah, you need both men and women around you to grow and to develop. I used to carry this feminist mindset because I couldn't see how I related to men at all. And this is because I didn't want to see the relation that I had to men. And really, like I said in the beginning of this podcast, um, original people are the, like, we started these civilizations. When you really look at it, men do all the groundwork women do all the nurturing so without that groundwork without the foundation women would have nothing to nurture we would have nothing to to um to take care of and reproduce or mirror and reflect we would have nothing to to use as our foundation to continue to add to society or add to civilizations. Masculine and feminine qualities or God and earth or yin and yang, basically whatever has or whatever speaks of or shows us the polarities of a thing is so important to maintain that level of balance because if you go back to what I was building about in the beginning of this episode about the the appropriate components to help something grow, this is the same thing too, to maintain balance and without there being that harmoniousness between all things, that growth and maturity is not going to take place. This is important when knowing who you are, because it allows you to just be steady, you know, be steady. And, And growth isn't supposed to happen quickly. Growth takes time. Growth isn't supposed to be this this idealistic, like you know how people be talking about things and and it sounds so picture perfect and whatever. Nah, like growth is 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 ugly sometimes. It's uncomfortable. Change is uncomfortable, you know. And when you have to maintain balance, it requires effort. It requires consistent effort, and this is something you have to do all the time. The more you know about who you are, the more easier it is for you to take accountability for yourself and you stop blaming other people for your life and your circumstances. So whether you are a young girl or a young boy, a man or a woman, God or earth, aware of yourself or not, it's still important for you to seek ways to gain a better understanding of who you are and your purpose here in life and what your role is so that you can live on a day-to-day basis with more confidence and with more awareness of why we're here. And there's no mystery or coincidence as to why we as human beings, we as sentient beings, we as man and woman share so much commonality with the things that we see in nature. There's no coincidence in that. And like I had mentioned in the beginning of this episode, when you Allow yourself to strip your thinking or your mentality from just being one sided, where you're focused on just one perspective. When you can, you know, detach yourself from the titles and the different nuances that make us different. Even though our titles serve a purpose to differentiate us and keep us on track of our roles and our duties, you will still learn that we are one. You know what I'm saying? We are consciousness, we are intelligent. We come from one source and we have one mind. Thank you for taking the time to listen. I will that this was a reminder for you to spend some time with yourself. Peace.